What's up, goats? Welcome to season two of Startup Hype Man's Goat to Market Show. I'm your host, Startup Hype Man founder and chief pitch artist, and of course I go by the name Raj Nation. This season we've got a special treat for you. If you haven't already heard, I officially dropped the album Goat to Market, the first ever hip-hop album about you, founders, and about the life, startup life. Goat to Market is an eight-song concept album telling the story of a founder's journey from idea to capital raise. It's a story of struggle to success, getting up after being knocked down, breaking down in order to break out, and dealing with the doubt, distractions, and detours, and route to dominating and becoming, well, the GOAT. Now, a lot went into making this album, from the initial concepting, to the beat making, to the lyricism, to the overall storytelling, and someone who was instrumental in bringing it together was a man by the name Pablo Gonzalez. Pablo is the founder of Be The Stage, a company that specializes in creating digital word of mouth via streaming podcasts, interactive trade show boots to run podcasts live off the trade show floor, online content, and so much more. And Pablo has become a good friend of mine over the last couple of years, and I decided to make him the creative director for the album. So think of his role almost as my creativity consultant, helping me get out of my head, helping me figure out the album's story arc, working with our producer. He even makes an appearance on one of the tracks. For this season of the GTM show, instead of me interviewing other guests, I'm actually the one being interviewed by Pablo. We talk about the album, the concepts and themes, the behind the lyrics, you know the deal. Listen, I put my heart and soul into this album, and this is my way of letting you inside my head. Haven't heard the album yet? Goat to Market is streaming everywhere. So if you're on Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube Music, Tidal, or any other random network, just search Goat to Market or Raj Nation and get ready to be taken on a musical journey. And if you want to chat with me directly about the album or about anything you're going through with your startup, whether that's pitching, figuring out your go-to-market strategy or something else, Remember, I'm just a DM away if you join our online founder community, the Goat to Market Club, at startuphypeman.com slash gtm dash club. Without further ado, I give you season two of the GTM show, appropriately titled Making the Goat. So Thankless was the third song that you came up with. Came up with this around the same time as I Can Be Anything, right? Like you came, I remember you came up with I Get Around. Then it was like maybe a month or two later, you came out with these two back to back. And when I first heard it, in just about every hip hop album, there's always like this one song that I'm like, all right, that's the quintessential hip hop song that that sounds like a hip hop song that sounds like this dude made it. And that represented it for me, right? Like it was a very traditional, like three verse, three hooks a beat that you can like bob your head to, right? That you can ride around with the windows down mm-hmm. like that. Was that what you were thinking about this song? Or, or tell me how you were, tell me how you were approaching this song just from a feel standpoint. The first time I heard the beat when we got it back from our producer, that's, that was, I was like, oh fuck. Like this is something I can picture myself in the car right now, hot summer day, windows down, blasting this. And what's funny is that's literally what I have done since the song has been produced and finished. Yeah. <laughs> and I, and when it's that kind of feel innately with the beat, I think it only makes sense for the song to have that traditional kind of structure to it. Cause that's how you keep bobbing your head. If it breaks structure, you don't know when to bob and when to be like, wait, what's happening. <laughs> so yeah. that was, it, it, I don't, I, I don't know how much, I could say it was intentional almost versus like the 
beat commanded that it be that. I remember you getting this beat. Like, I'm not as experienced with you and all of this stuff. And I just knew that Michael was talented. I remember you getting this beat and be like, oh, man, this feels like a Grammy beat. (laughs) 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 You said something along those lines. (laughs) And you've doubled down on this beat, right? Like, this beat is now the intro to the Startup Hype Men podcast, right? The go-to-market podcast. My bad. Yeah. Yeah, Because, again, it it just has that, at least I feel, it has that universal appeal to it, right? Whether you hear words on it or not, you're like, oh, this is fun. (laughs) <laughs> yeah so first song i can be anything you're just like getting started dream state pumping yourself up in a mirror where do you picture the founder during this song like where are we in the story right now when you're coming up with this so this is the confidence the arrogance the cockiness that comes once you start doing things right and you start to get a little bit of momentum and you have that I'm unstoppable kind of feeling where it doesn't matter what's happening around you or what's in the way. You're like, no, like I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to either plow through that or move around it or whatever. I will find a way. And you're really like, you're feeling yourself. And that's, that's really the idea, like the hook of this, right? Now I don't want to be painless, but I'm really out here bootstrapped from my ankles. The point of this hook is to be like, I'm putting in all the work. I'm giving this all for you, potential investor, potential customer. And I'm the one who's supposed to be thankful. The fuck is that? It's <laughs> <laughs> great. That's the message with this, and that's what that's what I really enjoy about this is it has this to get off me kind of vibe, yeah, and put some respect on my name kind of thing. When I first hear that, I think immediately I'm like, all right, this is your audience, right? Like I'm a small entrepreneur. I don't, I haven't fundraised. I haven't done this stuff. This dynamic of this love hate bite the hand that feed me, but also I need this and I'm doing this for myself, but I'm doing it for you. Dynamic of what you just described between uh, founder and his board of advisors, his investors, all this kind of stuff is something that I didn't even, I didn't even realize that dynamic exists. I think that's really interesting. Yeah. It's actually a very pretty powerful dynamic because you're answering to like everyone. Yeah. And, and I think what happens for a lot of founders is you have all these people who are like trying to tell you what to do. And you're like, but none of you are, none of you are doing it. I'm the one doing it. Yeah. So who are you to tell me what I should be doing? Yeah, true, true. I remember the one time that I helped a friend of mine fundraise, like they asked him this question of just like, do you think you could ever have a boss? And he's like, I have a million bosses. <laughs> like, <laughs> like everybody cut me a check as my boss, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. All right, cool. So in this one, now we start doing what you do a lot in this thing, which is incorporating the language of the business into the lyrics itself, right? This is when you start really doing this. Yeah. Runway is what we refer to as your financial runway. How much do you have left in your bank? How many more months can you last based on money in the bank? 
But if your plane plane lands on a runway, right? Like your plane land and you're on the runway, but your plane land and you only have two months of runway. And then there's this intentional repetition of words. Get a transit card, take the subway, steak lunch, yeah, but from subway. And that and it's only in doing this now am I realizing how many different times do we use these food metaphors to explain the journey? Because I think it's such an apt way and a natural way to be able to understand what the journey is based on the kinds of food you are or are not eating. When I calculate the math for a blast off, started with a Starbucks cup and a laptop. Hats off to the dev staff out in Krakow. Only paid a grand, but I had to get the app up. Which is how so many people start, right? They go to Starbucks, they post up for the day, they've opened their laptop. Hats off to the dev staff out in Krakow, right? Like you outsource this to somebody in Poland and you're just trying to get it done on the cheap. Only paid a grand, but guess what? I had to get the app up. So that's that's how you figure it out in the beginning days. And then the next part. Wrap up, never even on the weekend. Not an off switch, never even when I'm sleeping. Go peeking, try to see the upper limit. What's not obvious in that lyric is... Who's asking wrap up here? Technically, it's the founder. It's the character asking it to the listening audience. Oh, I'm going to wrap up, not even on the weekend. But actually, it's that. But really, in the background of that is you you post up at Starbucks for long enough. And they're like, hey, we're closing. You got to leave. Hey, like we're wrapping up, that kind of thing. And so your mindset is I might be leaving this Starbucks right now, but I'm never, my mind is never turning off. And that's where we... Hit not an off switch, switch never even when I'm sleeping, which coming back to the first song, I can be anything or the previous song, I can be anything. It was all about how come I ain't sleeping? And this is a little bit of a call back to that, but in a much different, having a different perspective on it. Before yeah. it was like, I can't sleep because I have all these competing thoughts. Now it's, I can't sleep because my mind is racing with all the things that are possible and in front of us. Yeah, as you're saying this, I'm having a couple of aha moments, right? Like, no, f- first is, yes, there is this ongoing food and the kind of food you eat metaphor, like ongoing as what is your stage in your journey and the things that you have to do, right? It's so telling, but it's also a stage in your life where you're super hungry, man. Yeah, you're not you're not doing this if you're not hungry for it. So it's apt to be thinking about food as the thing that's feeding you and fueling you, and because you're just trying to get this thing, you're, it's almost like when you're a teenager and you're going through a growth stage, you're just like eating like an animal, yeah, plus the anxiety the eating, plus all these things. And if we're also going to take the that wrap up metaphor, yeah, it's the Starbucks staff saying, "Hey, are you wrapping up?" Because we're getting out of here. But I think as an entrepreneur surrounded by people that aren't in this on this pace, you have a lot of people in your life. Like, Yo, man, when are you going <laughs> to? It could be your wife. It could be your boys. It could be people that are just like, yeah, man, when are we, when are you done here? Like, when are yeah. we going to, when are we going to hang out? It could be your parents saying, when are you done with these stupid dreams? Like, I think that concept of a wrap up is also hits on a very emotional level as well. And those people you talk about, it's not just wrapping up in that individual day. It's okay. You've had your fun. This was cute. When are you going to just be done? When are you going to wrap up? When are you going to be done with this? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally, man. Totally. And it's also, you start it with what's a scene. Like you land, the plane lands 
because you're out there fundraising and making things happen. Yeah. Like you're like traveling to different places, but you're not taking an Uber to get there quickly. You got a transit <laughs> car to take the subway because you're still in that like cost cutting mode. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I know people who have, they will take a frontier flight because it's the cheapest one. Yeah. They will rent a car and they will sleep in the back seat of the car because the event they need to be at to pitch is happening at 10 a.m. and they're not landing until midnight anyways. So they're like, why spend on a hotel? That kind of thing. I actually know people who have done that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That makes perfect sense, man. I, I still find myself doing that type of stuff. These days. <laughs> it's, 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 it's hard to unlearn that stuff. <laughs> and then, all right. So then you were, you hit this part and then you hit this faster tempo where you go from this self-doubt to pumping yourself up all in this one fast stanza, like of... That part though is sped up, right? It's because it's a little bit more of that like hustle mentality coming through in the in how the words are delivered. What's interesting is the first few times I recorded this, that whole section and the one right before it was actually done in like hyperspeed. We came off of here, here's how it originally went. It was only paid a gram, but I had to get the app up. Wrap up, never even on the weekend, not an off switch, never even when I'm sleeping. Go. Gonna net and try to see the upper limit. Gonna need a fresh pair here to run a mile a minute. And it's hard to see the forest for the trees when you in it. And a bitch, you're gonna stop and read the names to the it when I make a couple million off an image with it. And you're gonna internet. So better save the digits. That was the original plan for it. Oof. And I did three different versions of that, but it just never, it never sounded great. And this is where I think part of my maturity as an artist, if this was done 10 years ago, I would have forced that to make it work. Like whether it worked or not, I would have forced it to happen. Whereas this time I was like, ah, I know I have the skill to pull, like to, I can make that work. If I know I have the skill to rap fast on this, mm-hmm. but let me pull back intentionally because it's not going to sound as good. And thinking about the audience, if this is that like summer jam track, yeah, you're not really going to have this part where you cannot keep up with what's happening in the song. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting, man. Cause I'm a big, like right there, I'm a big fan of fast rap. Like I love, but I think Buster Rhymes is historically underrated. <laughs> right? like, yeah, of course. He's incredible. <laughs> yeah. He's incredible. But you're, you're right. The, when you got into that pace, I was super into it. But as I think of the song, that medium fast pace that you hit on fits a lot better. And then if I'm thinking of it as like a summer jam, yeah, man, I'm, I wouldn't be able to, I still can't do the whole verse of look at me now of Buster Rhymes. I can only do parts of it. (laughs) It's too fast. Uh, Yeah, that's cool. Then it hits the hook again. And then you go back into this tempo of seeing what's out there. And then you go back into this. This is the first time that you talk about the founder thinking from team perspective. Right. But every day is a grind out here and it's a vibe when we say to be thankful. Be thankful. I see the green field. I see the frontier. I see the lane line. Nowhere to run here. I see the wind here. Don't try to compare. Cause they're the next two. And we the ones here. Right for 
on tonight, breathe a new life force. We type source and fight over the right morse. Despite quarrels, unite like it's a tight swarm. And inspiration could strike, so keep the light warm. That's the first time that I see you talking about it from you're in a room with other people that you're working with. Or mm -hmm. if I don't get that wrong, were you thinking about that at that time? Yeah, because what happens, right? You work late nights. Yeah. And you're trying to whiteboard something out. And that whiteboard is creates the idea or the spark, right? And then you take a picture of it, you write in the corner, don't erase, all those kinds of things. So that that's the idea here. And even like the team is brought in the line right before that, right? Where we say we the ones here. So that opening part of verse two with the melodic nature is is this this clear vision of what's ahead. And I should say the we the ones is actually a nod to WWE. There's a tag team called the Usos, and for several years, their thing was they'd talk about everyone else. They'd say, they the twos and we the ones, which is just like a great play on words. So what I had there is those lyrics say, they don't try to compare because they the next two and we the ones here. Okay, I didn't get that. Yeah. But coming back to the whiteboard stuff, like there's some cool wordplay here in my mind, right? You've got, yeah. so that is what happens with the whiteboard. We type source and fight over the right Morse. What am I saying? Code. We fight over, right? We type source code and fight over the right Morse. Morse is Morse code. Yeah. So you're trying to figure out what is the right you know, algorithm to create or how do you code this app or whatever. And it comes with fights, right? Despite quarrels, unite like it's a tight swarm. So regardless of how much you fight in that process, you still come together and inspiration could strike. So keep the light warm. So just that idea of, okay, keep the light on. This is going to, we're going to figure this out at any minute kind of stuff. As a, as a rapper, <laughs> this is, how do you think about, I'm very attracted to when there is, as a listener, right? I'm very attracted to like internal rhyming with external rhyming, right? Like this boards, force, source, morse, quarrels, like you, you hit that all within it. So it's five rhymes in just two and a half lines. But at the end of the day, the end of the line, it's force, morse, swarm, and warm. Mm -hmm. Is that just a well-known talk to me about, like as the formation of a rapper, like how, are, how do you learn that stuff? And how do you think about this, like internal rhyme and assonance and consonance within the lines themselves, the bars? Yeah. Like, and it, it, it definitely is on purpose. It helps give more life and depth to each line, right? White boards at night, breathe a new life force, white boards, life force, type source, right? So it's not just the, it's, it's, it's a, uh, Two or double syllable rhyme each time. Whiteboards, life force, type source, right morse, dis like spite, despite quarrels, tight swarm, and then it ends with keep the light warm, right? So it's a it's two words or, or double syllable rhyme each time. As that's something that it's funny. Like I remember the first raps I was ever writing back in like late middle school, early high school. I I did not have the capability to do that the best I could do was like one, maybe two syllable rhymes at the end of the line. Uh, but it, it was very much like, I don't know, hold my hand. Da, 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 da. I'm in a band. Just very simple like that. Yeah. Um, yeah I'm, I'm then, familiar with being a bad rapper. I know how to do that. <laughs> yeah. uh, very Humpty Dumpty-ish, right? Yeah. Um, which is funny because that's how a lot of like original rap was. And while I have mm -hmm. all the respect in the world for it, I also am like, but it wasn't really that good. <laughs> From a lyrical perspective, anyway. And the, yeah. and the thing is, the practice was just coming of age. So it hadn't had, and like you have to get through that first for someone else to come in, like a Rakim or like a Biggie a few years after that, who can now layer on top of just what the baseline, 
what the base sort of understanding of hip hop is. Yeah. So yeah, that, that ability came a couple of years after I started writing many years ago and it worked in this song, right? And it happens throughout the album, but this is one place where it's there. It reminds me, and I don't want to get too nerdy, man, but I do want to get too nerdy. It reminds me of like when you're learning to read Shakespeare and they tell you about like iambic pentameter and <laughs> how Shakespeare is the first guy to start really like thinking about that stuff within his prose. And it feels like from the story you told, there was a delineation of the first writers of this genre and then the next writers that were able to like think a layer deeper and think of that rhythm and think yeah. of that type of stuff. Yeah. And then layer three was like probably Eminem who took it a step further, which is the biggest inspiration of mine. And then you have Kendrick and like J. Cole from there. I mean, that now it's also couched against mumble rap, which is like this big regression yeah. <laughs> in yeah. lyricism. Yeah. <laughs> they went from the most advanced words to no words. Yeah. <laughs> Zero. It also makes me think of the evolution of rap when it started. I feel like we're now in this time where rap evolved and like, conscious rap and started talking about like issues and being able to put in historical perspective. And this is the part of your song where you do your first like long form metaphor um, talking about Jesus. Yeah. Talk to me about that. When I wrote these and then when we shipped it off for post-production, I literally, the direction I gave was this has to sound like the voice of God speaking to people or think of any like a televangelist in like a 20,000 person stadium feel. So that's where we pumped up like the reverb on the vocals. And then even added like there's an extra layer to the beat here where it, it has this almost this like cathedral-esque sort of feeling to it, right? Almost like a choir, a church choir, or even just when you think of, it's, it's like the Ten Commandments being given to Moses feel. The lyrics, right? Believe the hype, like half of the world believe in Christ. So one thing, right? I, 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 just a little nudge, I drop in the, the allusion to Startup Hype Man there with our slogan saying, which is believe the hype. So believe the hype, like half of the world believe in Christ. And now, while speaking in third person, the main character is referencing himself. So believe the hype like half of the world believe in Christ because he the type to move masses over a key insight. What did Christ do? He moved the masses over a particular insight that he had. Achieving heights that an average man would need a flight and be the reason more than half the world can read and write. So as this main character is, what's the direction I'm going in? I'm going to achieve heights that an average man would need a flight. And when you think about God, you think about God being up in the clouds, right? Being, in, being higher than anyone can reach. And then we close that part, that those four bars with, and be the reason more than half the world can read and write. That's literally, like, Christianity is actually, at the spreading of Christianity is actually the reason why more than half the world can read and write, because they were they became literate in order to learn the bible yeah so the all this section is saying is i'm here to have that kind of impact on the world and that kind of impact on people but right away then the next set of bars to close out the verse is and i ain't saying i'm immaculate head in the clouds feet on the ground is more accurate getting it now you lay step up to where the standard is ready for anything like that so I can dream big, but I'm grounded at the same time. 
getting it now. You late, step up to where the standard is. So get on my level, ready for anything like the hatches bat when disaster hits. And that's the, you load the sandbags up, you build like the, the flood wall, all those kinds of things, or you board up your house for a hurricane or a tornado. Yeah. Yeah. Batten down the hatches or, or whatever that's called. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. That's a hell of a Tam that Jesus hit. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Total addressable market. Entire world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Entire world. Nobody is from illiteracy to literacy. <laughs> Uh, yeah man it's a that was great that's great and i like there is as the as we move on to the next i feel like the next is just like a ton of this stuff right like a ton of like double triple entendre of like multiple for multiple lines and this is the first time that you really drop it in this album and i thought it was a i thought it was a really good one i remember you you sent me some kind of text at one point where you were like started fiddling around with a jesus line what was how did the idea of bringing Jesus into this thing was. And did you have any kind of fear of like how it would rub people the wrong way? Hey, I hope you've been enjoying the conversation on making the goat thus far. We still have a whole lot more to dive into on this song in this episode. But before we go any further, I want to just pause and let you know about a partner who was instrumental in helping bring the album to life, a partner who's been instrumental on this podcast and supporting it, and just who's been overall a huge supporter of Startup Hype Man's overall goat-to-market platform. And that partner of ours is Akeva, and I want them to become your partner in software development. And if you do that, they're gonna help you go from zero to one. Whether that's blockchain or no chain, Web3 or Web2, mobile apps or SaaS, Akeva builds it at startup speed and enterprise level refinement and class. That's why startups like Stride Health, Haveno, Olive Side, and so many more have trusted Akeva from their first dollar all the way up to their billion dollar valuation. And they're ready to help you become the goat to market. I've sent a bunch of startups at Kava's way. They've all been so grateful for the connection. And they have a killer offer for you. It's called a You Call It Code Review. What does that mean? A Kava will review the most critical parts of your code so you can see exactly what your tech needs to launch or scale. And they'll do this completely free. And then you call it from there. So you want to handle things on your own? You call it. Want to get a Kava's dev help? You call it. Want to take it somewhere else? You call it. It's an unbeatable offer. And like I said, they've been Startup Hype Man's partner in supporting the Goat to Market platform. They even get a shout out in one of the songs on the album. And I want them to become your partner in software development. Ready to see if you qualify for a You Call It code review? Well, just fill out the inquiry form on their website at akava.io. That's A-K-A-V-A.io, akava.io. And tell them Startup Hype Man sent you. Back now to the conversation. No, because nothing's, it's not offensive at all. It's yeah. actually, it's giving props to Jesus more than anything. Yeah. And it's really just saying, hey, I want to have that kind of an impact on people. The, but so you got to remember this because later in the album, when you hear Sincerely Yours, and this is what we did throughout this thing, right? There's callbacks to things that were referenced earlier on. So there's a Jesus line in Sincerely Yours about, or not a Jesus line, but there's like a religious line about Passover and Easter brunch. So that is, while it works independent and on its own, at the same time, it calls back to how we talked about it here. I'm trying to, I'm trying to move people the way Christ did or the way Christ does. Yeah. Yeah, man. I, as the chief evangelist and evangelism become more and more of the lexicon, I think this idea of bringing in 
religious analogies and how they go to market is going to continue to age well, to be perfectly honest. That's just my own take. I have a whole thing on brands being just micro religions yeah, and how you totally. can, and how the actually world religions are the world's best brands. Um, yeah. And what they do so well is they like, they literally shape the market in their image. They have survived for thousands of years and only gotten bigger, hundreds and thousands of years and only gotten bigger. And on top of that, no, no economic collapse in the in-between hurt them. It actually made them stronger. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, like people know what the terms are of their respective religion or of other religions, right? What it means to like, you know what it means to be part of it, what your quote unquote salvation equals. Mm-hmm. And I think more brands should look at that as a template for how they market and how they put themselves into the market. It's can you create an environment where people know what it means to align with you and mm-hmm. they know what it means if they're not aligned with you? And what it leads to is basically zero CAC because it's all word of mouth and volunteers and multi-generational LTV. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Multi-generational LTV. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, man. My my big realization on community and the value of community came in a church, right? Like it was like church, community as a business model. This thing has Mm -hmm. crazy LTV. Reduce it for me, it reduced churn, right? So it's a big one, but I don't want to go too far down that one. (laughs) Verse three. You go again into this mindset of the founder and you hit on, man, now I, I love doing this because now I'm, I'm seeing this recurring theme, at least in this part of the story of the temptation of corporate, right? There is, there's always in the back of the mind of a founder, this idea of I could really go get a high paying job, but I don't feel like I need to put up with that because I'm super unique. You want to tell me how like you've, you thought through it in these lyrics? The this is putting together, and, and this verse three is like the pinnacle of the character feeling themselves. Like it's bold, and it's still it's the, the flow is different than the other verses as well. Put on a coffee pot. I know that I'm unorthodox and borderline abnormal, but normal is called in corporate locks. When corporate knocks, it's important that I ignore. It's a little bit faster and it, it has a little bit more just up-tempo to it. And what it covers is pushing past all the things that are trying to get in the way, like all the negative thoughts to try and hold you back. Put on a coffee pot. I know that I'm unorthodox and borderline abnormal, but normal is caught in corporate locks. When corporate knocks, it's important that I ignore the thoughts, meaning you still get those job offers being like, hey, do you want to work here? Or you still have that thought, whether it's actually corporate knocking or whether it's your head and you ask that question of, oh, should I go back and get a job? So that's why it's, it's important that I ignore the thoughts. So like those specific thoughts you have, oh, I should just go get a job, which I can't tell you the number of times in the first several years of building up Startup Hype Man that was my thought, right? Should I, it would be so much easier if I just went and got a job. Do I need to go do that? That kind of thing. And then in that process, you convince yourself why that actually is the better path, et cetera, et cetera. So 
this is just an acknowledgement to that. But it's, hey, like this is happening, but it's important that I ignore it. I make my own luck. It's why I wore the socks with polka dots, right? Just you know, sometimes people wear their lucky socks. And then from here, we just, I think the wordplay just picks up a little bit more, right? I'm on my Goldilocks, eating every bowl of oats, doing what I want, like I made a song with Hall and Oats. I ball and flow like I study stepping, got all the notes, and no, it's not a hoax, like when Trump was balling to call the votes. Stalling, no, my only mode is to haul and go. And when the chips are down, you know I'm all in, yo. Later on in Sincerely Yours to close out the album, there's a, a callback to this line because we talk about we depended on in return we paying pensions go. from past over like it's Easter brunch to eating up your last porridge saying Jesus bro. So it's like you're doing it here you have the idea here to do it. And then I just I think there's some fun like flow in here as well. So I'm on my Goldilocks eating every bowl of oats doing what I want like I made a song with Holland Oats. There's a song by Holland Oats called Do What You Want. A ball and flow, like I studied Steph and got all the notes, right? Steph Curry, obviously he balls and flows. And these, this verse as well is, has a lot of flow to it. And no, it's not a hoax, like when Trump was balling to call the votes, right? We all know what that's an allusion to. And if you really listen, you'll hear in the background me do like a crying sound, like in Trump voice, where I'm like, <laughs> and then... From there, Stalin, no. And what's interesting here, so the next lyrics are Stalin, no, my only mode is to haul and go. But if you listen back to that, those two lines, or really it's one line, when I say Stalin, no, the tempo of the verse actually momentarily changes. So it's like you come off the previous lyrics, so I'm on my Goldilocks eating every bowl of oats, doing what I want like I made a song with Holland Oats. I ball and flow like I studied Steph and got all the notes. And no, it's not a hoax like when Trump was balling to call the votes. So you would expect the next lyrics to be right to continue that pace. But really what happens is to know it's not a hoax like when Trump was balling to call the votes. Stalling, no, my only mode is to haul and go. So there's an actual intentional pause while also saying the word Stalin. And then, and then it picks back up from there. My only mode is to haul and go. And when the chips are down, I'm all in, yo. Anybody who wants some, I'm all in, no. Heads with hesitation, Alanis mine. You ought to know. Alanis Morissette has the song, You Ought to Know. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then it just closes out with feeling myself, right? I'm so on my own and I'm like so in my zone. You don't even know what I know. This is my soul revival. It's awesome, man. It's just like metaphor after metaphor rhyme together. <clears throat> and then inside of it, the stall, if we're going to bring this back to like storytelling and, and pitch or whatever, right? Like the, the change of tempo, the misdirection is such a part of story or joke construction to get an audience, right? And I love that you can, you do that without like the lyrics are all great, but you're able to include story in part of just by a change of tempo, right? Like that way that you get people is that, can you tell me a little bit about that? Like I mentioned, it's intentional that while staying the, saying the word stall and I actually momentarily stall and that part is slightly, it's not in the same tempo as the previous line, but one of the things too, like in a business sense, when you're pitching, you can actually 
you can recapture people's attention by intentionally pausing or slowing down your pace or picking up your pace at certain parts. And that's something that we'll talk a lot of times with our clients about is how you can you can adjust your delivery to keep people engaged throughout if you just play with the rhythm at which you speak at. And then people will, I'll say it this way. If you on purpose slow down the way that you speak, just like I'm doing right now, the people who listen start, if you're in the car listening to this right now, you might have just turned the volume knob up a little bit. You might have stopped the conversation you were having with the person next to you to say, wait, wait, what's he saying? And rhythm and pacing and slowing down is what helps draw you in a little bit more. So that way, once you're drawn in, I can pick up the tempo again and not have you think, why is he talking so slow? And I can deliver the point at the end to say, hey, rhythm matters to help people pull people in and then deliver your point. <laughs> Not like an expert, bro. That was beautiful, man. As soon as you started doing it, I was like, oh yeah, this is so good. Cool, man. I, we just got to the end of the song. Is there anything that we didn't hit on this song that you want to talk about? A lyric or a theme or anything like that? This is another one where we close out with talking over the last hook, right? And that was just to help create that fullness, that depth, and just leave people with something more. Especially because by the time you get to that final hook in the song, you probably know the hook by now, so you can, and you're ready to listen for something more besides just the hook. And this is where it's just that that character being like, we're in it, right? We're doing this. But every day is a grind out here, and it's a vibe when we say to be thankful. Be thankful. Now I don't want Yo, but like, for real, I think my socks are new, elastic on them. I got these bootstraps pulled up so tight. I'm just trying to get that bread, that bag, that scroll. What I like is that this song just sounds like a good mainstream song. <laughs> and whether you are following along with all the background stuff we just talked through in this or not, you can still enjoy this song. When I think of this album, when I listen to this album, for me emotionally, the intro, I Can Be Anything, and Thankless are one part of the album. Then I feel like the next is a, or NXT is a transition. And then it's the back half of the album, at least emotionally for me, right? Like in this kind of idea of escalating tension and knowing yourself and then hitting hard for the final like release mm-hmm. and resolve of conflict. Do you see it that way in, in that rhythm or is this, or is there a different transition point for in this album? I know. I think that's accurate. The only difference I would say is I, I look at, I think NXT and dry powder are a section and then, or really NXT dry powder and I get around or a section mm-hmm. and the conclusion is its own section. And it's sincerely yours. Yeah. That makes sense too. All right, man. I thought that was pretty good. Yeah. Sweet. <laughs>